widely used medications can mimic and even trigger dementia. Aging options, how can we help? I'm calling with a question about Medicaid. It's time to know your options and master your future. So I'm looking for some advice, things to consider about retirement community. My life, my plan, my way. He wanted us to roll his 401k in to an IRA, and we wondered if that was wise. LifePoint Law presents Aging Options with elder law attorney and life planning coach Rajiv Nagayich. Rajiv has one of the most innovative elder law practices in the country. Health, housing, finance, legal, and family. He has significant assets, and I'm just wondering how those assets can be protected. Know your options. There just didn't seem to be a thing that I mentioned that you didn't already know. Aging Options is not a law firm, but Rajiv is a lawyer. You should not reveal things you wish to keep confidential in this public setting. This program offers only general advice. Having your questions answered does not create an attorney-client relationship. Contact your attorney or other professional to discuss your unique needs before taking any action related to the subjects discussed in this program. Now, here is nationally recognized retirement planning authority and host of the national public television program, Master Your Future, Rajiv Nagayich. Widely used medications can mimic and even trigger dementia. Look out, some couples are heading for major problems when one spouse or partner is left in the dark about money matters. Be happy now. Why not? Just live like you're already retired. And here's an article after my own heart, the pause that refreshes. Recent studies show that an afternoon nap can markedly improve your cognitive abilities. Those stories and your calls coming up on today's edition of Aging Options. This is Elder Law Attorney Rajiv Nagai, along with Phil George, Elder Law Attorney and Life Planning Coach. From Bellingham, no less. He's joining us today to make sure that we can talk to you about all things aging. If you're aging, if you have retirement on your mind, no place better than this to get some information. Before you see a lawyer, before you see a financial planner, we will put you in the right frame so you actually get all the right information when you approach and work with these professionals. Why? Because we want you to succeed, not fail in retirement. And you know, we talk about it all the time, 70% of people actually fail in retirement. They either end up having to deal with uncovered illnesses in care facilities, something they didn't want to see happen, or they lose money to uncovered medical and long-term care expenses, or they become a burden on somebody else. Either way you look at it, these are failures you do not want to invite in your life. And our mission is to help make sure that you do not participate in these negative outcomes in retirement. And we're taking your calls. You can reach us at 877-76-AGING, 877-762-5464. Let's get to the stories, Phil. The first one, these widely used medications that can mimic or even trigger dementia. Well, with me, sometimes you don't even have to take medications. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but let's talk about this story. This comes to us from Kaiser Health News. What did you mm-hmm. make of it? Well, Rajiv, it's really, you know, I, I read through this, and it's really kind of scary, just the vast array of, of medication you can be taking, and for all sorts of different things, they can mimic this this dementia. And this is really an article that if you're taking medication, whether it's over-the-counter or if you've been prescribed medication, you should really take a look at it because it's really surprising to me just how many medications can mimic uh, dementia. 
Right. And as Judy uh, points out in this article, and then she's talking about a 60-year-old, uh, 60-year-old young person actually dealing with dementia. Here's what she writes. By all accounts, the woman in her late 60s appeared to have severe dementia. She was largely incoherent. Her short-term memory was terrible. She couldn't focus on questions that medical professionals were asking her. But Dr. Bustani, a professor on aging research in Indiana University, School of Medicine suspected something else might be going on. The patient was taking Benadryl for uh, seasonal allergies, antihistamines for itching, and Seroquel, an antipsychotic medication for mood fluctuations. So these were all the medications. And then mm-hmm. Dr. Bastani, of course, what, he, what does he do? He works with the pharmacist. They wean her off all sorts of medications, put her on different medications, and voila, within two to three months, she was back to being herself again. And it's surprising as to how few people even think about the whole thing. Uh, maybe what you want to do is to get a hold of a good geriatric care physician and go through this list of medications. Or if you have a loved one who is uh, all of a sudden showing signs of dementia, this might be a good article for you to focus on and then go get the medications looked at. I would absolutely agree with Rajiv. And one more thing, the article points out as well that if you've been taking strong anticholinogenic drugs um, for three years, then your risk of dementia increases by about 49%. So even if even if you're taking over-the-counter drugs um, in these categories, you might want to just have them looked at just to make sure that everything that you're taking isn't going to put you on the wrong side of that dementia equation. Right. Right. Absolutely. Another story that we have on uh, this week's Aging Options blog is major problems arise when one spouse or partner is left in the dark about money matters. Now, that doesn't happen to you in your life, does it? Well, Rajiv, you know what? I, I probably could have given a class in this just recently. Uh, yeah, yes. You know what? It turns out that it's it's just wrong to leave your, your partner in the dark about financial matters because, as it turns out, when people get into retirement and they have just one person acting as the chief financial officer for the entire family, if something happens to that person, then that really leaves a void in the household for financial matters. It puts the surviving or the well spouse in just an awful position, Rajiv, where they have to then figure out all of these different investing and money strategies. Um, There are things, of course, you can do to help mitigate those risks, but it is something that you really have to worry about as you approach retirement. But let's face one thing, Phil. I mean, just because we say that, yeah, you should be sitting and becoming uh, conversant or at least familiar with your financial issues doesn't mean that a spouse is going to jump up and down and say, yes, I want to do that. Well, if you are not going to have a spouse who is very familiar with all the financial issues, maybe what you can end up doing is to pull together a team of professionals that your spouse, your children can work with when the time comes that you, the CFO, are no longer able to manage your own financial affairs. And when you do your legal planning or when you do your planning period, you make certain that everyone who will need to use this information knows which professionals they're going to be working with so they don't get left astray in the process. And, you know, talking about uh, about life planning and such, uh, there's an opportunity coming up for you, the listener, to get a uh, up-close look at what life planning is all about. It really is retirement planning redefined, but how do you how do you plan on your retirement differently? Well, that's what we will be talking about this coming Thursday, March 30th at 6 p.m. You can go to lifepointlaw.com 
lifepointlaw.com and just uh, right in the center of the page, you can register and give us an hour of your time and you will understand a whole lot more, I promise you, of the types of questions you need to be formulating in your mind before you see your attorney, before you see your financial planner, before you pick the health insurance policy that you want to work with in your retirement years. These are the types of questions other professionals probably are not going to point you to in such a convenient one-stop shop fashion, you can go to lifepointlaw.com and register and get all this information. Phil, what's the next story? Rajiv, the next story is a Kiplinger article that says that to be happy now, why not live like you're already retired? (laughs) How many reasons do you want me to give you? I mean, the biggest reason why I probably could not retire right now is what the heck would I do with myself? I have no plan to retire right now. But I think this article is not pointing to that you should be retiring right now. It's saying live like you retire. And when you read the article, I think it is just full of a lot of good information about types of things that we should and could be doing, most of us, but we don't even think about doing it. Uh, For example, I mean, there's several examples it's giving. There's seven steps it gives. One, if you're going to be retired, what are you going to do with your hands? And one thing we find out in retirement, a lot of people do, is they volunteer. They help other people. We know that is a soul-fulfilling activity that people can get involved with. The second thing that it says is keep learning. Third one is it says develop new hobbies. And that's the one that really caught my attention, Phil. It talks about, you know, if your job is not your passion, and unfortunately, most people can honestly say that, boy, I cannot wait to wake up in the morning so that I can get into work and I can spend the next 12 hours there. Most of us are happy getting to work, getting the day over and coming back home as quickly as we possibly can. And the third choice is giving is that if you're not if you're not finding that your job is your passion, then maybe what you need to do is to pick up a hobby, which will become your passion, something you look forward to, something that you can transport yourself into retirement. Phil? This is an excellent article, Rajiv. It goes on and there's about, like you said, there's about seven different um, choices where people can choose to make to, to be living in retirement. And it's not all just about buying yourself some Bermuda shorts and, and a golf cart and hanging out in front of your house. This is There's just a lot of good stuff here. My personal favorite was accepting life's hardships. This is choice number seven. And it's about just the fact that you know people, as they grow, as they age, they experience good things in life, they experience bad things in life. And just going through those things tends to make you appreciate what you have a little bit more, tends to tends to make you uh, understand that there's always going to be kind of a silver lining to these clouds. And so especially coming out of COVID in the past year, this one really spoke to me. And you saw this is basically retirement practice, right? You're mm-hmm. practicing retirement. And before you get there, you can kind of figure out what you're going to be dealing with. I think it'll make for better retirement. And the last article that we have on the show is the one I think should be made law in this country, Phil. Uh, It's an article that's on CNN and talks about that afternoon naps can markedly improve your cognitive abilities. So not only so maybe taking the power naps in those meetings that you and I take, you know, that is not such a bad idea after all, or is it? 
<laughs> Rajiv, this is a this is an article after my own heart, and it shows the people that are sixty and over, those that take naps, those that actively schedule naps, uh, they do better in every cognitive test that they're given. And you know, you have to be proactive about this because, like I said, people that actually schedule their naps do better in these cognitive tests than people that just accidentally nap in a chair. And what I thought was interesting, Rajiv, is that people that nap for shorter periods of time, for twenty minutes or so, those are the people that benefit most from napping. So. Well, I guess it's okay if I take a nap during one of these meetings. I can't let it last, last the whole meeting. Only 20 minutes and that's it. Yeah, I was going to come back and say, and a nap does not mean from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock. The nap means from 1 o'clock to one twenty, and, and, and that would be the end of it. But I think it does give you a lot of time to go ahead and catch up. Great articles, uh, these four articles that we have on agingoptions.com. Go there and you can take a look at the blogs. And I think these are articles you should pay attention to. These are all things that you're going to be dealing with in retired life. May as well start paying attention to them because little knowledge goes a long way and you structuring your retirement properly. Okay, now before we take our break, what year was it? What year was it when the average annual income in America was $7,300, movie tickets were $1.25, gas was 33 cents a gallon, and this was the most popular song of the year. Was it 1965? Was it 1966? Or was it 1967? We'll give you the answer before 11 o'clock. It's an an uncomfortable fact that by age 85, more than half of us will struggle with some form of dementia. The families dealing with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and other serious conditions will face a financial crisis that traditional retirement planning does not address. Learn how to protect your assets and protect your quality of life at a comprehensive life planning class hosted by LifePoint Law and presented by elder law attorney and retirement planning visionary Rajiv Nagayach. Join Rajiv Nagayach for a no-obligation, safe, limited in-person class in Federal Way, Saturday, April 17th or in Olympia Saturday the 24th. If you prefer an online class, there is one on Tuesday, April 20th and 22nd. Bring your questions and get your answers. To find out more and make reservations, join Rajiv for one of these free no obligation classes at lifepointlaw.com or by calling 253-838-3454. That's lifepointlaw.com or call 253-838-3454. LifePoint Law located at 319196 Avenue South, Suite A100, Federal Way, Washington, 9 does someone you love need care in the home? An elderly parent or relative? A spouse dealing with a long-term illness? Maybe a family member facing a disability? HomeWatch Caregivers can help. With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. Whether you need help on a full-time basis or just a few hours a week, our trained and experienced caregivers are matched to meet your needs. We can even help with access to on-call physician support along with in-home care. Why not let our family take care of yours? HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. Call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006, 253-564-1006, or visit us on the web at homewatchcaregivers.com. HomeWatch Caregivers, let our family take care of yours. 
Now back to Aging Options. My life, my plan, my way. Changing the way America thinks of, plans for, and navigates through retirement with life planning coach Rajiv Nagayich. And welcome back to Aging Options. This is Elder Law Attorney Rajiv Nagayich in studios with Phil George, taking your calls on all things aging. If you have aging on your mind, you can have your question answered by dialing one eight seven 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 six aging. That's one eight seven 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 six A G I N G. Let's get to the first call, shall we? Hi, aging options. How can we help? I have a question about veterans benefits and the difference in uh, in qualifications. Uh, I spent uh, 23 years in the Air Force serving through the Korean War and Vietnam. And uh, a friend of mine spent uh, a little over three years in the Air Force. And uh, he regularly qualifies for providing him uh, hearing aids and uh, eyeglasses and so forth. And uh, I don't seem to be able to uh, qualify for those. What is the big difference in in qualifications for uh, those two groups of veterans? Well, what a great question that is. And, and uh, on at first blush, it would say that I'm a veteran with more tenure in the service. I should be able to get, get the same benefits that somebody with less tenure gets. But it turns out that, you know, some of the benefits that you're talking about, the hearing aids and the eyeglasses, they're based on people's income. If you, based on your income, you're either going to be uh, category one all the way down to category eight and category eight would be the people making too much money. You, you really are not worthy of the benefits that the VA is going to give. Category one is you have, yes, you're a veteran. We recognize you and you have the financial need for us to be able to give you the benefits. I think that's the big difference that you're looking at. The thing that I would say to you is, yeah, you should be looking into into the VA benefits and, and asking why you're not getting those benefits. And I would suspect it's income, but at the same time, don't get discouraged about the whole thing. There's a totally different set of benefits, which is far more valuable than the benefits you get by way of hearing aids or, or vision, which is eyeglasses or dental coverage that is called long-term care benefits. You know that if you fall ill and there is no medication that's going to get you better because you have Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, old age, frailty, all the things that you and I deal with later on in life, none of those things are covered by health insurance. And VA is no exception. It is health insurance. But there is a program in the VA system called aid and attendance. It is available to those people whose income is being exhausted paying for uncovered long-term care expenses. Uh, you know, Medicare is not going to be covering that. And if your income is not enough to cover those those expenses, then even if you have a higher income than your other friend who is able to get dental and vision and hearing, which you're not able to get, if you ever get to the point that your income is exhausted paying for uncovered medical and long-term care expenses, then the VA through the aid and attendance program can actually bring some help to you. I don't want you to get discouraged that you're not able to get all the benefits because every benefit structure has its own rules. Uh, just educate yourself of all the different things that the VA system can do for you. And I think you will do well with that. Uh, if you have a follow-up comment on this, uh, you can email us at radio at agingoptions.com. 
with your very specific particulars there, and I can guide you and give you, uh, at least I can point you in the right direction, who you need to go and see to get the right answer. All right, and uh, let's go to the next call. Hi, you're on Aging Options. How can we help? Um, if you sell your home and you get to take your $250,000 deal, yep. okay, then you buy a new home and you live in that for three years and you sell it, do you get to take the 250 again or is it just a one-time deal? Phil? No, the $250,000 isn't a one-time deal. You can do that again. I believe it's two years that you have to live in your home. And once you do, then you can sell that home. You get your $250,000 capital gains exclusion again, and you can purchase another home. Correct. And then I think just to clarify and then uh, Phil, to piggyback on your answer, Mm -hmm. uh, the rule that you're talking about is called Section 121 uh, exemption from gain of a sale of a primary home. That's the key. So this home must be your primary home that you've been living in. And you must have uh, occupied this as a home, as your primary home for two of the last five years. And so, yeah, you sell this. You bought the home for $300,000. It's gone up to $400,000 in value. You sell this home. You put the $100,000 in your pocket. Now you go buy another home. After two years of living there, you sell it and you buy another home, live in the new home for another two years and you sell it and you can repeat it again and again and again. The old rule used to be that you had a one time lifetime exemption. That rule was gone many, many years ago. And this rule allows you to do exactly what you're hoping the answer would be. So congratulations for once the law is on your side. So let's take another call. You're on aging options. What's on your mind? Yes, sir. I have uh, a small Social Security payment that comes my way. It supplements a federal pension payment. And my wife is still working, and her Social Security will greatly exceed mine. So my question is, can I claim half of hers while she's still working? Well, the short answer is the Social Security rules have changed one heck of a whole lot. And sadly, unless you were born before January 1 of 1954, Unless you were born before January 1 of 1954, you will not be able to do what you were proposing to do. The old rules allowed you to do that, but those rules got sunset. Now, if you're born after 1954, you have to start your own benefits. And if you're 50, if your spouse is 50% of the benefits exceeded your own benefits, then Social Security would give you the difference. If not, then you are stuck with whatever your benefits are. The only game in town for you is, do you really need to take your benefits before your full retirement age, which for most of us uh, is going to be age 67? If you're age 67, you will, for the most part, the new people who are going to be retiring in a few years, uh, you will be considered to be at your full retirement age. And if you choose not to take your Social Security benefits for the next three years, then for each year you choose not to take it, your benefits will grow by 8% a year. So if you had $1,000 you could have taken at age uh, 67, and you choose not to take it at 67, but you wait till age 70, then at age 70, you will get $1,240, a 24% improvement on your $1,000 that will last the rest of your life. Now, pay attention to this other detail. 
you might say, but wait a minute, you know, my health is not all that great. Uh, why wait? I may not live long enough to go ahead and make up the difference. But another reason why you may want to consider delaying is this. If you were to pass away and you happen to be married, then your spouse will receive the higher of the two benefits. If your benefits were higher than the benefits he or she is receiving, then your higher benefits is what she is going to end up getting. So you have to look at not only your life cycle or your, your, uh, how many years you have to live, but you have to look at also how is that going to impact the surviving spouse if you were to pass away before the surviving spouse. I hope that makes sense. This is a... This is, you know, Phil, one of those basic things. We just assume that that we have all the answers and why wait? This is ours to take and let's take it now. And you and I see a lot of people make mistakes uh, only to find out that they lived uh, 10 years longer than what they were expecting to. Mm -hmm. The income doesn't keep up with inflation. Expenses are going to far outstrip your income. And the benefits that you think are great today, just enough for you to go ahead and give you the freedom may later on prove to be income that you cannot live on later on. Phil? I think that's so important, Rajiv. The big message for most folks is don't jump the gun. You know, I hear this all the time. Well, I'm going to take it now because I might as well, and it's free money and 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 all of these other kinds of things. And I have to tell you, those of my clients who wait as long as they can are almost always my happiest financial clients. Because the difference, as you said, at 8% per year can really add up. And that is a difference over the course of your lifetime. That's a big raise just by waiting a couple of years. And so unless there are, are very good reasons to take these early, and sometimes there are, it's almost always wise to wait just as long as you can. And, you know, this kind of brings me down to a question that these are these are issues that our financial advisors should be asking and helping us gauge mm-hmm. and, and get to the answers. But but I have to, you know, with, with some degree of chagrin and some degree of dismay say the average financial planner is not giving this level of information. What, what you need a financial planner for is to help you make these decisions. What kinds of decisions? When should I retire? When should I start social security? Uh, in my opinion, you should not work a day longer than you uh, than you have to. But you also should not pull the plug from work a day sooner than you should, which means that without having a a visibility on how much money you're going to need so that even if you live to be 100, 105 years of age, you will have a large enough part of money never to worry about going broke, understanding that the income is not going to keep up with inflation, and you are going to need to at sooner or later raid your savings to be able to make up the difference between what Social Security pays and if you're lucky enough to have pension what pension pays, and between your actual income needs. If you do not have a large enough part of money to go into retirement with, you should not be retiring. And and a much more important function of financial planner, you should be expecting a financial planner to play in your life, is not how to invest money. Everyone wants to talk about invest money. That's how the financial industry makes money. And that is the exciting part and the easy part for a financial planner. The hard part for a financial planner, the more important part that you need to have your financial planner help you with is help you build a retirement dashboard so you know when to retire, when to start Social Security, when to whether to invest into a long-term care policy or not. If you're going to invest in a policy, how much money should you be putting into that policy? Uh, should you look into a reverse mortgage? Should you take your pension if you have the option of taking a lump sum or a monthly payment? These are far more important questions to be asking that generally do not even see the light of day. 
Regina, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's the relationship that people have with with their financial planners and a lot of their professionals that just really lacks. And I think a lot of people have to realize that if you're going to be hiring a professional to work with you, and this is whether it's your doctor, whether it's your attorney, whether it's your accountant, whether it's your financial advisor, have a relationship with this person where you can sit down and you can ask them these types of questions. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't know who to who to go to, you can email us at radio at agingoptions.com and we can point you to the right direction. And there's a gentleman we've been working with for years on this issue. His name is Saket, S-A-K-E-T, Saket. And you can reach him at 206-234-7516. That's 206-234-7516. And talking about that, you know, Phil, get the right answers. We've got a seminar that's coming up. Talk to us about how people are going to be able to join this free webinar to get this type of insight that they cannot get other places. We are, Rajiv, and I am so excited about this. We haven't been doing nearly as much of these since the pandemic has occurred. Just just as we try to give people their space and let people kind of work through the, you know, the isolation and everybody's kind of being going through quarantine. But now it's really important that we're bringing these seminars back and we're kind of we're doing it slowly. Uh, we're doing some online and some in person. So the best way, Rajiv, to find these seminars is to go to lifepointlaw.com. So go to lifepointlaw.com, scroll down and you will see these upcoming seminars. And I have to you receive these seminars are they're priceless for everybody that is considering aging which really should be everybody everybody that's considering aging everybody that thinks about retirement everybody who is wondering whether or not their plan is going to give them the best possible chance of having a successful retirement these seminars are for you because it's a different way of approaching retirement it's a different way of looking at things Rajiv and from everybody that I've spoken to after each of the seminars that we've given and we've given hundreds of them over the past several years people are enlightened people look at retirement in a whole different way after coming and looking at these seminars so go to lifepointlaw.com scroll down a little bit and you will see the upcoming seminars in your area Uh, we are coming towards the bottom of the hour and it's time to take our second break but before we do that what year was it when the average annual income was seven thousand three hundred dollars a movie ticket was a dollar 25 gas was 33 cents a gallon and this was the most popular song of the year So, Phil, what year was it? Was it 1965? Was it 1966? Or was it 1967? We'll have the answer just before 11 o'clock. It's an uncomfortable fact that by age 85, more than half of us will struggle with some form of dementia. The families dealing with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and other serious conditions will face a financial crisis that traditional retirement planning simply does not address. Learn how to protect your assets and protect your quality of life at a free and groundbreaking life planning class hosted by LifePoint Law and presented by elder law attorney and retirement planning visionary Rajiv Nagayich. There is no substitute for good planning. It means peace of mind for you and those you love. You've heard him on the radio. You've seen him on TV. Now join Rajiv Nagayich for an upcoming free, no-obligation, safe, limited in-person class in Federal Ways Saturday, April 17th at 1 p.m. or an online class Tuesday, April 20th at 6 p.m. Bring your questions and get your answers. Find out more and make your reservations now and join Rajiv for one of these free no obligation classes at lifepointlaw.com or by calling 253-838-3454. That's lifepointlaw.com or call 253-838-3454. LifePoint Law located at 319196 Avenue South, Suite A100, Federal Way, Washington, 98003. 
Now, back to Aging Options. Health, housing, finance, legal, and family. My life, my plan, my way. Know your options. Here is life planning coach Rajiv Nagayich. Welcome back to Aging Options. This is Elder Law Attorney Rajiv Nagayich along with Phil George in the studios answering all your questions, whether they are social security, whether they're VA benefits, reverse mortgages, all these are things that you need to deal with in retirement. And think about the planning, the retirement planning definition. We all think that if I just have amassed enough money to retire with, things will be okay. Will they? Well, this certainly were not okay, Phil, for people like Casey Kasem and Tim mm. Conway, million-dollar estates, multi-million-dollar estates, who, despite having all the wealth, had dementia and they were not able to live their lives in their own homes. Their families were totally upended when the, these people started dealing with dementia issues, which is why we've been talking about life planning, not just retirement planning, but life planning. Look, it is not a mystery that as we are aging, what we want to accomplish in life is pretty simple. We want to live long lives. We want to be financially independent. We want to be functionally self-secure. Uh, and we want to make sure that we, as we grow old, we don't become a burden to other people, that we don't end up having to leave our home to go to some care facility against our wishes, or we see our money run out uh, before we run out of life. These are not good outcomes to have, but the chances that you will not have to meet with one of these bad outcomes is about 30%. So it's not that bad. I mean, it's not that you, you have no chance of, of, of having your life turn out the way you want to, about 30%. Now, in the break, you heard about this upcoming seminar that we are going to have on the 30th. Phil, talk to us about that. How do people register for this webinar? The best way to register for this webinar, Rajiv, is to go to the website, lifepointlaw.com. Scroll down just a little bit, and you will see where you can register for the online seminar that's coming up. And and keep checking back, too, because we'll have more of these opportunities in the future. But that's the best way to do it, lifepointlaw.com. Scroll down just, just a little bit, and you'll see there where you can register for the free online seminar. And, of course, if you have a question that is burning away that you want to get answered, you can dial 1-877-76-AGING. That's 1-877-762-5464. And talking about calls, well, hi, you're on Aging Options. How can we help? If you have a supplement, you decide you want to save $300 a month or 200 a month, so you go to a Medicare Advantage program, your health fails, you're paying too many co-pays, you want to go back to the supplement, you can't do that unless the supplement says we'll take you back, but they have the right to refuse you. Boy, <laughs> that's more like a statement than a question. And thank you for taking time to actually share that statement with us, because what most people don't realize is that, you know, when we are healthy, when we're just buying and you're talking, obviously, when you talk about supplement, we're not talking about vitamin C or vitamin D. <laughs> we're talking about a Medicare supplement insurance plan. So you're retired, you enrolled in Medicare. Medicare comes with, uh, with, with deductibles and co-payments. And somebody pointed you to something called a Medicare supplement policy. And at the first blush, why would we want to pay even a penny more than what we have to pay? Isn't that right? And therefore, we start looking at different ways to go ahead and save money, including, as you seem to be suggesting, not carrying the policy at all. I don't need it. I mean, heck, the last time I went to see a doctor was three years ago. 
I don't necessarily like to go see doctors. All they're going to do is prescribe pills and tell me what to do. I'm doing pretty darn well on my own. Thank you very much. And you saved yourself $300 or $200, whatever your supplement was, or, or, or even $10. And so your comment, I think, that people should be paying attention to is this. It's easy to save money and get into the plan when you're healthy. It's almost outright impossible for you to get into a plan after you fall ill. And what you really are pointing out is the dichotomy between a traditional Medicare plan, a, Medi- a traditional Medicare with a Medigap plan, and a Medicare Advantage plan. The traditional Medicare basically recognizes that you have Medicare insurance, you have deductibles and co-payments, and you can buy a Medigap plan, and the government will tell every insurance company that wants to issue a Medigap plan, that these are the benefits you must issue in your plan. That means if you go to company A, B, or C, you're not going to find any difference in the coverage. The only thing you'll find is a different premium. Now, to be clear, when you look at Medigap plans, there are different types of Medigap plans, plan A, plan B, plan G, plan N. You can buy different types of plans. And the difference, of course, is, and you can have a chart, you can Google Medicare supplement plan uh, comparison, and there'll be a chart that'll come up. And, you know, your, your plan G, which is the most generous plan that is available to you in retirement, will give you more coverage than a plan A or plan N will give you. So you have to kind of find out which plan you want to go with. Now, you will be paying somewhere between, I'd say, $120 to $200 for this type of coverage. And you, the caller, you're saying that, no, I don't want to pay that premium. I want to drop this policy. So you drop it. So now three years go by and you find yourself having a heart attack and you're saying, I want to get back into the plan. Well, guess what? You will not be able to get back into the Medicare and into the Medigap plan. About the only place you will find coverage is something called Medicare Advantage. So what's the difference between Medicare Advantage and traditional Medicare or Medigap is this. A Medicare Advantage plan looks more like the health insurance you and I carry while we are working or you carried when you were working. And so what's wrong with that plan? There's nothing wrong with that. It's good coverage. It gives you access to doctors who are part of their group. If you go to Florida, you're out of network. If you go to a particular medical team, you probably are going to be out of network. And if you want to see a specialist, you probably have to stand in line first to go see a regular doctor to allow you to go see the specialist. And if you are comfortable dealing with a Medicare Advantage plan, then I suppose with these limitations, you can save yourself some money. And the premium for Medicare Advantage plans ranges from a low of $0. Yeah, you heard me right. $0 all the way up to $250 and $300. Ostensibly, the more expensive the plan, the less the deductibles, less the co-payments. On the other hand, you can go to Medicare, a, a traditional Medicare, and buy a Medigap plan, Plan G, after paying a once-a-year deductible of about $180, $190. Uh, one time you pay that deductible. There is no more deductible. There is no more co-payment. You go to any part of the country. You're never out of network. You want to see a specialist. You don't have to ask your doctor to give you a referral. You can go to them directly. The point the caller is making that it's easy to save money. And it sounds perfect when you want to save money. 
But after you fall ill, you will not be looking at the premium as much as you will be looking to, can I see the specialist that I want? Will I be out of network? How can I make sure that I'm not out of network? And how do I make sure that I don't have deductibles and co-payments? That's the plan you can only get when you are healthy. Thanks so much for the call. Phil, uh, remind us again about the upcoming free webinar that we are having. What's that about? What will people learn when they get to the webinar? Yes, Rajiv. So we are. We're having the free webinar and you can go to lifepointlaw.com. Scroll down a little bit and you can register for this free online seminar. And Rajiv, this seminar is truly about finding the best way to position yourself to have a successful retirement. So it's everything that you would think of as far as most retirement planning. So we will. We'll talk about legal documents. We'll talk about um, Safe Harbor Trust. You've heard us talk about that on this show before. But we also talk about the different ways that we've found to position yourself in to have success in other aspects of retirement too, about in health in housing and finances and bringing your family involved in this. And so it's really a holistic way of just looking at retirement as, as a whole. And what we found and what our clients have found is it gives us the best possible chance. Like I said, of having that successful retirement, because at the end of the day, Rajiv, and you and I both know this, having dealt with uh, just a lot of different clients over the years, when you're doing this kind of planning, when you're setting up your retirement planning, for the most part, you're not really doing it for yourself. You're setting up the retirement planning for your spouse, for your kids, for those people that are going to be helping when you can no longer help yourself. And so that's what I would tell most folks out there. If you're worried about retirement planning or if it's something that you think about, this is something you don't want to miss. Go to lifepointlaw.com, scroll down, and sign up for this online seminar so you can learn how to put yourself in the best position for a successful retirement. And if you have a question, give us a call, 877-762-5464. That's 877-762-5464. Hi, you're on Aging Options. What's on your mind? I just started collecting Social Security this year, but I also continue to work, and I'm making quite a bit of money. How is this going to affect my Social Security payments? Phil? So if you are over your retirement age, um, then you should be just fine. Um, you can have your social security and you can, you can earn your money. If you're under your full retirement age, then your, your social security can be reduced, um, based on how much you're making. So it really depends on, on how old you are, uh, when you start taking this, when you start taking the benefit. Like I said, if you're over your full retirement age, then you can, you can earn more money. And I think the key is to understand the concept of full retirement age, right? I mean, it used to be that the full retirement age was 65 at one time, Mm -hmm. and then later on it became 66, and then it is now moving to age 67. Um, And you can Google this information pretty darn easily. You can always take a look at uh, which, uh, you know, the year that you were born, uh, what is your full retirement age? So I was born in 1961, I know my full retirement age is 67. And that's what, uh, Phil, you're talking about, that if you're yes. full retirement age, then, yeah, you can work. You can have all sorts of money, and then you can get your full – you'll get Social Security without being penalized. But if you're below your full retirement age and you tap into Social Security, you will get a permanent decrease in the amount of your Social Security for the rest of your life. Why? Because you did not wait till your full retirement age. 
And you don't want to take the chance of doing that, particularly in your case, uh, because you're saying you have plenty of income from other sources, then you let it go. But the question is whether you should get Social Security or not is not only based on a financial calculation. There's another little dynamic that you should be thinking about. Social Security income should be delayed if you're in good health and you're expecting to live about 10 to 12 years into retirement. Not only do you have to take a look at your income, whether you need it or not, you'll have to take a look at your health. If you are dealing with some illness and you are likely, you you think that you're not going to be living more than an X number of years, another five, six, eight, ten years, then maybe you should take your Social Security sooner because what you will get from the Social Security bucket will be more than if you had waited. So hopefully that answers your question. And if not, you can always follow up with an email to radio at agingoptions.com. That's radio at agingoptions.com. Now, remember, we are still asking you to guess what year was it when the average annual income in America was $7,300. A movie ticket was $1.25. Gas was 33 cents a gallon. And this was the most popular song of the year. Was it 1965, 66, or 67? We'll give you the answer in the next segment. It's an an uncomfortable fact that by age 85, more than half of us will struggle with some form of dementia. The families dealing with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and other serious conditions will face a financial crisis that traditional retirement planning does not address. Learn how to protect your assets and protect your quality of life at a comprehensive life planning class hosted by LifePoint Law and presented by elder law attorney and retirement planning visionary Rajiv Nagayach. Join Rajiv Nagayach for a no-obligation, safe, limited in-person class in Federal Way, Saturday, April. April 17th or in Olympia Saturday the 24th. If you prefer an online class, there is one on Tuesday, April 20th and 22nd. Bring your questions and get your answers. To find out more and make reservations, join Rajiv for one of these free no obligation classes at lifepointlaw.com or by calling 253-838-3454. That's lifepointlaw.com or call 253-838-3454. LifePoint Law located at 319196 Avenue South, Suite A100, Federal Way, Washington. 98003. Safe, independent, living in comfortable surroundings. That's where we all want to be. It's no different for your parents and other elderly relatives, even as they age. How do you make it easier for them to stay in the home they love by bringing the care to them? HomeWatch Caregivers can help. With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. When you compare the cost and benefits of home care to nursing homes or other institutional settings, you'll be amazed at just how affordable in-home care can be. HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. HomeWatch Caregivers. Call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006 or visit us on the web at homewatchcaregivers.com. Call us today at 253-564-1006. HomeWatch Caregivers, let our family take care of yours. Now back to Aging Options. My life, my plan, my way. Changing the way America thinks of, plans for, and navigates through retirement with life planning coach Rajiv Gayach. 
And welcome back to Aging Options. This is the Elder Law Attorney Rajiv Nagayich talking with Phil George, talking all things aging. And the easiest way you can get your retirement on track is get your question answered. And to do that, all you have to do is to pick up the phone and dial 1-877-76-AGING. That's 1-877-76-A-G-I-N-G. Or you can go to lifepointlaw.com and register for an upcoming free webinar in which you will learn what are the gaps in the holes that you are probably walking around with in your retirement planning, thinking you may be thinking that your retirement plan is complete. You've got a doctor. You've got the house that you're going to be living in. You've done a good job with finances. You've got a financial planner. You've gone to a lawyer. You've got your legal documents done. You think, I'm set. I mean, how much more preparation can one do? Give us an hour, and I will show you where the gaps are in your planning, despite the fact that you're surrounded by a lot of professionals in your life. Your chances that you will succeed in retirement, meaning you will not end up in a nursing home against your wishes. You will not end up becoming a burden to your loved ones. You will not end up losing money to uncovered medical long-term care expenses are about 30%. 70% chance these negative outcomes can happen to you. And you can take the steps by going to the webinar and learning how to eliminate the gaps in the holes that can cause you to fail, not succeed in retirement. So let's get back to the calls, Phil, shall we? Absolutely. Welcome to Aging Options. What's in your mind? Good morning. I wonder, uh, you folks represent a variety of uh, professional services, uh, lawyers and medical people and so forth. And all I need to know is who is the appropriate person to see if I need to get some good uh, professional advice with respect to um in view of age and assets and health and so forth, um, what I should be, be doing with respect to uh, potential living uh, arrangements and so forth. Who is the person I should see? Well, what a great question that is. And, and, and let me clarify a couple of things. First, we do not represent anyone in any one of these other areas. But we have a vast knowledge, a deep knowledge reservoir where we can talk about all the different things the average person will deal with in retirement, everything from healthcare issues, from housing issues, to financial issues, to legal issues, to family issues, and then trying to pull everything together in such a way so that if a trigger event, such as an illness happens, that your train is not going to get derailed, which it will get derailed 70% of the time. That's what we end up doing. So your question is so appropriate, Phil, is, is, is her question is, where do I start? So what would you say to her? Where should one start? Such a complicated issue. Isn't that really the question too? Where do I start? The first thing you should do, the first thing you should do is educate yourself and receive the best way to do that. Absolutely. Is to go online, go to lifepointlaw.com and register for one of our free seminars. 
We've got one coming up. You can register, you can go to that, and you can learn about how to position yourself in retirement. And so the caller had a wonderful question. Who do I speak to about all of these different things? Who do I speak to about, you know, is there any one person that I can talk to that can help me corral the my healthcare questions and my financial questions and my housing questions? And Rajiv, to me, that person is is a life planner. And so that begs the question, what exactly is a life planner? And Rajiv, that is, it, it, it's really the name for a professional that, that you came up with. And a life planner is a person that, that sits down with a person and they talk to them about all the different aspects of aging. So we don't just talk to people about their, their legal issues, although that, that is what we are. We're attorneys and that's what we're trained in. We don't just speak to people about their legal issues. We also speak to people about their health issues. So we try to get them the, the best doctors for them. We talk to them about the questions they should be asking those doctors, the things that they should be looking at with their medical insurance and their medical providers, those things that they can be doing to position themselves to be in the best possible shape, both physically and emotionally as they enter retirement. We talk to people about their housing and making sure that their home is going to be age-friendly enough for them to actually come home to if they do have an episode that needs long-term care. We talk to them about how to position themselves so that if they end up in the hospital and the hospital sends uh, someone out to their home to see if the home is safe enough for them to come home to, they've already fixed everything that would need to be fixed. And we do the same thing with finances. We talk to people about, about what questions they should be asking and where they can find those professionals. And that's why, Rajiv, you came up with that. That term life planner, because that's truly what we are for the people that come in and talk to us. We're life planners. Exactly. And, and, and the, the key to doing proper planning is for you to set your agenda before you see a professional. Because in mm-hmm. the last segment, I think we talked briefly, broached the subject that every professional wants to do right by you. Make absolutely no mistake about it. There's nobody who wakes up in the morning as a professional to say, well, let's go to work and see whose life I can mess up today, right? Every professional will want to do right by you. But the definition of doing right by you is somewhat limited in the professional circles because a doctor is going to be a doctor. I mean, they went to medical school to make sure that when you show up to their door and you present a problem to them, their job is to fix that problem, right? That's why you see doctors so freely say, well, you need this medication, this operation, et cetera. And pretty soon that become, that may become overwhelming because their job is to look at that. Their job is not to say that I, after I give you the medication, uh, if you end up in the, in the nursing home, uh, then that somehow is something I should be looking at. No, their job is to look at medicine. Same thing with, with a, take a look at a realtor. You go to a realtor and say, I want to go buy a house. Their education, their background is to help find you the house that you define, right? And what will what will the average consumer define? Well, I want to have my dream home or I want to downsize. I want to have a home that will fit my budget, whatever your definition is. And that realtor will take that and use the knowledge and acumen and give you the rest of, of your wishes, which is to give you the home that you described. That, what is the problem with that? The problem is this. There are very few realtors who are looking uh, 10 years, 15 years in the future and saying, if you fell ill in this home, which is you wanted this home, right? You wanted a home that overlooked the water, that had 180 degree view of the water. And, and, and I got you this home at a great price and it's fantastic. Only it's four stories tall. The laundry is in the basement. The bedrooms are on the upstairs floor. And the, as long as you are in good health, 
this home is great exercise. It's fantastic. It's doing everything you want it to do for you. But if you fall down and break your hip, all the reasons why you bought this house are all the reasons why you will not be able to continue to live in this house. But the real estate agent didn't do anything wrong because you didn't ask the right questions. Same thing with lawyers. You went down, did a will, trust, powers of attorney. They gave you all the legal documents. What did the legal documents accomplish? Who gets what when I die? That's your will or trust. Who's going to manage my stuff till I die? That's your power of attorney. And how do I want to die? That's your living will, right? You got all the legal documents. That's what they teach us in law school. Now you fall ill and then you find out I am in a care facility or I've got an illness which Medicare is not going to cover. So the key to understand is that even though professionals are not looking to derail your plan or looking to serve you bad, they are very limited in how they approach the things and they have their agenda. They know what they need to talk to you about. Do you have your agenda in mind? And if not, how are you going to get the agenda in mind other than by taking a class, the upcoming webinar on March 30th at lifepointlaw.com? That's how you're going to get your agenda in place. It is incumbent on you to take responsibility and make sure that you're able to take all this information and create the right plan for you, not for anyone else. And and, and the way to do that is go to lifepointlaw.com and register for this upcoming webinar. Because if you have questions, we have answers. And I promise you, these answers are probably different than the answers you're used to getting from different professionals in your life, because the goals of our planning are going to be a little bit broader. And I promise you, much more in sync with what you want the goals to be. With that, I think we've got time enough to go ahead and take another call. Hi, welcome to Aging Options. You're on the air. Oh, thank you for taking my calls. And my question concerns end-of-life taxes on bank accounts. Is it better to have a third party as a beneficiary or a co-owner? Well, that's a good question. You know, when you're talking about estate taxes, what you're talking about in the state of Washington, first of all, you know, you need to know the basic rules about estate taxes, that your estate will only get to pay taxes if the total value of the assets exceed $2.193 million. Meaning if, if what you're leaving to someone other than your spouse is valued at less than 2.193, then you don't have any uh, estate taxes or death taxes to worry about. It'll go free and then it, it'll go without any taxes. And and uh, whether you do it by a beneficiary designation or whether you do it by a will or a trust, it really doesn't make a difference. Uh, if you're thinking about a related issue, maybe that maybe you're thinking about, I don't want my kids to go through probate. Then taking a look at how many different assets you have, having beneficiary designations may be a way to avoid probate if you're not going to work with a revocable living trust. So I would invite you to go ahead and email me at radio at agingoptions.com. That's radio at agingoptions.com. And uh, give us a little bit more detail and we can give you the right answer. Phil, do you have anything to add to that? Other than just to say that, you know, doesn't this just perfectly outline that just the nuance that people have with their questions. And so it's it's more than you can find, you know, online or something like that. And so a good place to start this learning again, as you have these questions, go to lifepointlaw.com, sign up for an online seminar, come in, give us an hour of your time, and we can put you not only in the best position to succeed for retirement, but we can really show you how best to get your questions answered. These questions and more. 
And before we go, of course, what year was it when the average annual income was $7,300 a year? The movie ticket used to cost $1.25. Gas was $0.33 cents wow. a gallon. And this was the most popular song of the year. Phil, was it 1965? Was it 1966? Or was it 1967? 1967. Well, if you guessed 1967, you were correct. You are right. It indeed was 1967. So... 